0: Are you ready to uncover the power within you? Are you ready to kick butt at life? Are you ready to get this party started? This is Shut Up and Grind. If it's about fitness, women's empowerment, personal development, small business marketing, relationships, Robert B. Foster is talking about it. Robert is a gym owner. He went from foreclosure to multiple six figures in 12 months. Helped thousands of women shed weight and inches while becoming more confident. And a six times gold medalist in the transplant games of America. Get ready for Shut Up and Grind. Here's your host, Robert B. Foster. Let me come
1: back to Zoom usually it takes a second before it confirms yeah. that you're live. There we go. Meeting is now live. All right. All right. Welcome to Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. Mm-hmm. So this is episode number 14. And today I have a special guest, Tracy Cromwell. <laughs> Say hi, Tracy.
2: Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hello. All right.
1: <laughs> All right. So we're going to get to Tracy in a second. So today's episode, we want to talk to you about... Being self-conscious with your body, yo-yo dieting, and your relationship with food, and so as Tracy and I were getting to know, know each other, it seems our paths are pretty well aligned. So this should be a pretty fun and informative conversation as we feed off of each other here. So I want to get um, before we get to Tracy, I want to get into a little bit of my backstory because people think because I'm into fitness that I was always into fitness. So that's not that's not always the case. I mean pretty much. I was not an athlete my entire life, but there was one period where, to me, it's letting myself go, where I got up to 228 pounds. And there was, a, there was a defining moment. I was getting out of the shower, as funny as this might seem, but I was getting out of the shower and I caught myself in the mirror. And for the first time in my life, I had man boobs. And like I said, it sounds funny, but it is true. But it was awful. Like, and it just hit me from being an athlete. I was an All-American in track and field. Like I was always in really good shape. And just to see myself in that moment, it like my, my uh, eyes filled up with tears and I just had no idea how I got there. But at that moment, I made a decision that I was never going to see the 200s ever again. And so now we fast forward to where I am now. I'm 46 years old now. I'm a single parent of five kids, and I've had seven surgeries, and I have still never got over 200 pounds, even rehabbing from all those surgeries, and why is because I made that decision, and now I want to hear from Tracy, so Tracy is an integrative nutrition coach, she's a certified personal trainer, she's an author, and we're going to get into that book, Your Relationship with Food, and she is a mother of two, and Tracy, welcome.
2: Hello. How are you?
1: I so am well. To <laughs> nice to see you as well. All right. So let's get into a little bit of your of your backstory, and uh, you can decide where you want where you want to start, and then we'll go from there.
2: Oh wow. So, um, yes, yeah, So I I guess what I what I realize now, and I call myself now, is I'm a recovered pre diabetic, okay. Recovered body loather, and a recovered yo yo dieter. Um, You know, I lived like that in my mind most of my life, Um, especially starting in high school. I um, started realizing that I wasn't the skinny, perfect person. And I was very insecure about that. I started dieting, you know, in high school and um, just felt that if I could just be good enough on in, if my body would just look perfect, if I could just be perfect, then I could have the things that I wanted in my life. You know, if I could just be that perfect person, then I would find the perfect, ideal relationships with people. If I was just perfect, then I wouldn't get so sad, and I wouldn't eat the donut, you know, and then flog myself because I, I ate the donut or I did those things. And um, when, gosh, um, I. In the nineties, I really, I really fell in love with step aerobics and, um, but I, I loved them for a while. And then when I realized I still wasn't perfect and I was just pounding myself so hard every single day. And I tallest step with weights, just just pounding myself. And, um, and i look in the mirror and I would still see no perfection. <clears throat> I still didn't see perfection and um, excuse me. And um, I saw all of these little horrible things on my body, you know, women, you can relate the little tiny or bigger saddlebags, whatever it is you're looking at. And I would pound them and I would pound my legs and I just, and one day I just got tired. I was exhausted. And also I just didn't do them anymore. And then of course the weight started coming back on. And I just felt like there's nothing I can do, you know? And so I, diet. And then I make the weight and then I couldn't keep it off. So then I failed again and I diet again. I couldn't keep the weight. And everything I was looking for was, um, I was always looking for someone else to give me the um, validation I was worthy as a person. I was looking outside of myself all the time. And um, I think when I hit my lowest of lows, I was in my late 30s, early 40s. Um, I was in a really I was trying to do the career, climb the, climb the career ladder. And um, I, I thought I was getting there, but I realized, um, oh my gosh, you know, i I lost sight of my health again. I was overweight. I had a knee injury from a snowmobiling accident. I didn't mentally come back from very well. Um, and, and the next thing I know, I'm having to go to the bathroom a lot. I'm really thirsty, didn't think about it. Um, you know, it didn't matter anyway. You know, um, I, in my mind, I said, I don't care. Yeah. And then I went for my checkup and my doctor said, you know, your blood sugar is really high. You are pre-diabetic. And, wow. and I was like, how did I let this happen? It was just another failure. On top of mm. all the other ones, I deemed that I had, you know. Okay. And
1: let, let me stop you right there for, for yeah. a second. We just unpacked a lot. <laughs> I did. I know. <laughs> all right. So so let's go back to where you said body loathing. Yes. Like, like like what were you what were you doing to yourself? What were you saying to yourself?
2: So um, I think what I did was I looked at images in magazines or images on TV of these perfect women and I didn't fit that perfect view I didn't have thigh gap mm-hmm. <laughs> you know my breasts were bigger than theirs and I couldn't wear those clothes and so I was trying to pound myself into this uh, scale or and and it in a pant size you know yes. and and um And so it was my body's fault that, that this was happening. And so I, um, I didn't have the connection that um, actually there was, there was nothing wrong with the way I looked. I had, I had a very skewed image of myself based on, you know, what I would see, like I said, what was marketed to me from when I was really young and and so I just, every time I looked in the mirror or even clothes shopping, some of my friends know this, I would start crying shopping for clothes
1: because
2: wow. I couldn't fit into the cute little straight shirts and the cute little straight pants. And, and, you know, my, my kids saw me cry once when we went shopping with my husband. Uh. And so it was just really, really hard on me. I was just, I just was, had such a skewed vision of who I should be and what I should do and and I gave up you know so I was never gonna make it anyway so I might as well just toss it all out because it didn't matter so yeah it it was an interesting I I get all choked up because that person that I was hurt so much inside but she looked happy on the outside she did her best to show up as perfect as she could (laughs)
1: <laughs> and I wasn't trying to make you cry, but it's just, okay. Just, it's just, okay. It was that.
2: interesting to, to do that because yes. I, I really love that person that I was now. I appreciate her. She did the best she could with what she knew.
1: Yes. You know? Yeah. I just know that I'm sure the people you work with and the people I work with, you know, we hear that a lot. Like mm-hmm. I hear that so much and I know that it hurts them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I know it hurts them a lot. So I wanted to circle back just to get more about you feeling that hurt. So mm-hmm. it can relate to the people listening now. Mm-hmm. All right, so I had cut you off at pre-diabetic. So let's go back there. So your doctor tells you that your sugar's too too high and you're pre-diabetic.
2: Yes, yeah, so she did say to me, she said, you can change this. You just need to eat whole grains. And off I went. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, I just have to eat whole grains. <laughs> that's what, maybe she told me more, but that's what I heard. But I also heard <clears throat> her say I could change this. And I, I didn't know how really how to do that. I was still pretty caught up in, in my, my situation, but I, I heard whole grains. I heard whole grains and I, I went home. And the interesting part was all of a sudden I felt like I had this note. I had a note from a doctor that said I had the right to take care of And then I had to take care of myself and why I thought I needed a note. I'm, I don't know why. I think if I delve in there, is this, that, you know, um, we're taught that if we take care of ourselves, it's selfish. If we say no to things that harm us, we're being selfish. If we, if we tell people we don't want to eat the food that's being served that we're that it, you know, it's not polite. Um, You know, so I had all these relationships with, with others around food that I had to have, it was served me. I had to eat it all, um, no matter what. And so, yeah. And so when I went home, it was I was like, I have a note. <laughs> it
1: was really funny. And
2: so, but so I looked at my pantry, and it was like, you know, I had we had tons of processed food in there. And yeah. um, so I started very small. I I did exactly what what she said, I just switched to whole grains and, um, that didn't quite work right away. It took me about three years to get my blood sugars back under, under, um, you know, a hundred and a lot of, again, still yo-yo dieting, still trying these crazy things, still doing all this, still not pleased with myself, you know, but, but I started to learn, um, because I had this note.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right so let me, so start, let me, yeah, let me sorry, ahead. let me share this with you real quick because someone just um inboxed me and oh. said, said uh, the woman was describing how I feel and the fact that I needed validation from him. I need to worry about myself, not a house or a expletive. Yes so <laughs> you know? so like so that's another reason why we do this mm-hmm. is because there are other people out there that are going through things, and our experiences can help other people know that there is light at the end of the tunnel.
2: See, and someone will look at you today and they'll look at me today and they, and it that, that's the hard part with even social media or when we judge by what someone looks like, you yes. have to realize there's a story behind every single person that walks the earth and
1: exactly.
2: we, we can, you know, look at me back then and I'd be judged because I was heavy or I was judged because I was pre-diabetes, I had pre-diabetes, prediabetes, um, you yeah. know, and, and they would have judged you. And now we're, you, you know, we are an interesting society. We can look at you and me now and we think, oh, they must've just had it easy. Or it was yeah. very, you know, that must've just been the way they always have been. Yeah. Um,
1: or people don't think that trainers also have to work hard. We, yes. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like we just, to. yeah, we just roll out of bed and we have muscles and we have endurance for days. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we don't have to put any work in, you know, yeah. but people ask me, why do I work with mostly moms, you know, being a, being a man, like, why do you mostly work with moms? And my answer to that is piggybacking off of what you said. There's a lot of pressure on moms to wear all those different hats and to be a certain way and to act a certain way. And I give them a different point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, it's like, you don't have to do that just because you have kids. You don't have to put yourself on the back burner. Like, you can still, like, you want to be the best version, the happiest version of yourself, because that's the best thing you can do for your kids. Like, you hating yourself, you missing out on events, and you missing out on happiness, your kids are going to see that, and then that's going to grow up to be their normal. Mm-hmm. Like, like that, And that's the piece that people are missing, because no matter how good you are as a dad, the bonding comes from the mom. So, the mom being happy and healthy, that is a very, very important relationship for the children
2: mm-hmm. and you know and I think too you know we we've forgotten or we've not been taught that we really need to have our own appreciation for ourselves first and our validation of who we are as a person yes. and our personality and and our 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 wit or whatever it is about us that me, you know, what are what are we shutting down to try and fit into a picture of what we think is what we're supposed to be. Yes. And then we we have a hard time relating and 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 like you said, you know, we have we have children and and we want to help them as much as we can. And um and I realize too now is just being the best. How can we show up as ourselves um, in a loving way, even though we're not perfect, and let our kids know that that's okay. that Nobody's perfect, and and um, and that's what makes every everyone so wonderful. And yep. who defines what perfection is anyway? You exactly. know,
1: exactly. So you got the pre pre diabetic diagnosis. You started going forward. What did you tell yourself? Like how I had my moment when I stepped out of the shower and I looked in the mirror, like at that moment, 200 pounds was never ever gonna enter on my body again. Like Mm -hmm. that that was my defining moment. Like what, like, was it when the doctor told you that or like, when did you process it and make the decision that you were gonna take care of you?
2: I made it, I, I believe I made it that day. I had no idea how. And, and I think about this, this was back in um, 2006. So still there was just a ton of noise and there's such so much noise in the nutrition world and the fitness yeah. world of what you're supposed to do and what's the best way to do it. And, and so um, I knew I had to figure it out and, and I did go through a period where I was just so upset with myself. Cause I looked back at photos of when I had been exercising and then I thought I got to do this all again. Oh can't believe I let this happen again you know and I also remember saying I I I wish I had loved my body back then I why didn't I appreciate myself you know so yeah. I went through some of that I did a I did a lot of you know um, I started really focusing on mindset books and and um, ways to change my habits um, learn about myself and and also learn to deal with this person this this you know, they call her negative Nelly or, you know, that's in your mind. How do I, how do I handle this person? That's been just flogging me, you know, for years. (laughs) Where did she learn that behavior? And so I think um, what really hit, it still was a struggle for like three years. I couldn't get my head around it because I was still doing the yo-yoing. And then um, what happened, I, you know, I lost my job in 08. Um, housing crisis, crisis. Yeah. And again, I was given another note. I thought I have another note. I can change. <laughs> I've been in the housing industry for years, but also I was like, I had another note. I could change things up a bit. And um, and I was like, I want to be a trainer. And then, of course, this voice in my head said, "Well, you can't even keep yourself together. Why could? How could you be a trainer? Mm. you overweight. What? No one's gonna listen to you." And I, so I said, okay, you know, I won't do it. And, uh, but I struggled through other things that I tried to do. And, but what what happened was I realized I would, I would for free help people get through the journey I've been through. And that's when the light bulb came on was um, I've been there. I, I know what it's like. um, I understand that. And I thought then all of a sudden, you know, through the books I've been reading about mindset and all of that, I was like find your passion and, and do that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and I was like, I'm going back to school. I got to find the school. I got to find the right one. I'm not perfect yet, but you know what? I've learned a lot in the last three, four or five years, figuring out myself. Um, I'm not perfect. Nobody is. And I'm going to go back to school. And so I did that. And uh, um, you know, I'm forever thankful that I got pre-diabetes. I'm forever thankful I had this journey. Um, I'm forever thankful I have food sensitivities. I can't eat certain foods because I get it now. I totally get it, you know? So So,
1: blessing in disguise.
2: Yeah. And, um, I realized too, and it made me upset because I didn't want to have to go to the store and um, figure out what was good food for me and what was bad food. I didn't want to read labels. That was just so annoying to me. I should I shouldn't have to put that homework in. You know, I was very much like that. I didn't want to spend the time. And but once my brain bought in, I got myself to buy in that I was worth a lot, and I was worth making sure I put. In my body, most of the time, the best things I can—that um, I actually feel better, I think better. I, my body's able to like do a make. I, I, I can do century bike rides now. You know, I can. She many Christmas. This is pretty cool. You know. Yeah. Um, on my first bike century bike ride, though, I was still in a bit of a weird state in my head. That I was going to pound those extra pounds off that 100 miler don't ever do this anybody <laughs> i didn't bring enough food because i was gonna burn that <laughs> I was gonna uh, it's my first ride my first time I ever did one <clears throat> and uh i don't think i'd even started school yet i was still i was still in that mode of figuring things out yeah and uh at mile 80 i was just angry and upset and and at the rest stop, people are like, would you just eat the banana and have some of this? <laughs> and it was really funny. And I was like, okay. And uh, I learned so much on that ride. Number one, putting myself through something like that to get the strength in my mind that I could do it, um, face the fear, but also how to, how to feed myself during something like that. And um, so I had my bananas and I, I, oh, I had a Gatorade, which I was like, oh, I'm not even, mm. you know, just do it, just do it, and uh, all of a sudden, I could feel the energy coming back, and, and that last 20 miles, which had hills, we got a lot of hills here in the Seattle area, um, yeah. <clears throat> I was, I, my brain learned, I was like, and I was like, that's how it works, it was really funny,
1: yeah, yeah, because if just starving yourself worked, everybody would do it.
2: <laughs> starving yourself does not work. Can I please explain that? Yeah, and and trying to pound out those pounds like that without, you know, um, without food and stuff like that. It's just the whole concept of starving yourself to lose weight, um, you know, I learned the lesson and. And I don't do that
1: anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's definitely definitely not a good plan. So,
2: all
1: right. So as we we get into into more of the accomplishments, I want to talk about something that I work with with my crew. is It's about most people set goals, but they don't cast a vision. And and I think casting a vision is paramount in anything. So I'm breaking off into uh, business coaching as well, and. Mm -hmm. I was there myself, obviously. Like I I got a business coach for the last seven years now. But before then, I was that same person where it's like, all right, this is what I want. This is what I want. But like you really can't see it. And when you can't see it, you can't feel it. If you can't feel it, you're not going to do it. That's just what it boils down to. So everybody has a want. I want to get back into those pants. I want to run a marathon. I want to do whatever. But they don't actually see it. So I said, so if you can't see it, you can't feel it, you're not going to do it, you know. So when you were getting to the point where you were thinking about writing a book, you know, so what what took you to to that point?
2: <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so um, in when I was studying um, when I was in school, uh, we had peer coaches that, and I reached out to a woman in Santiago, Chile, oh. and. Uh, grade and she and i were were peer coaches through school and when we were even done we stayed together coaching each other and figuring things out what we realized was she's she's in santiago chile and that's 6440 miles away from seattle
1: yep (laughs) but she went
2: through the same concept of challenges with her body as i did they are going through the same challenges with food um, Children getting, children getting type two diabetes, um, mm. processed food problems, um, food sensitivities, um, body image challenges. Uh, and also we realized, oh my gosh, you know what? We, and when we had talked about how we got through our journey to, to where we felt better about who we were, we were able to fuel our bodies the way they needed to be fueled. Her way was actually different and types of food she felt better on than I did. And it was like, oh, that's very interesting. And her type of exercise is different than mine. That's another great thing we learned. And we thought we need to write a book and yep. explain this to everyone that, you know, um, that their journey, although some paths are similar, your body is a very unique body and your mind is a very unique mind. And we don't all fit into the same envelope or box. And once I realized that, that's when I was just, I felt like a weight off my shoulders because I, I'm not vegetarian. She's mostly vegetarian, but you know what? That doesn't make me and what my body feels best about as, as a, you know, someone that does eat meat and a lot of veggies doesn't make me wrong. And it, her being vegetarian doesn't make her wrong. I also, um, and so we, we created our book. Um, It's actually a book that the reader can write in. And it's about all those, you know, I told you earlier, you know, we did, I did mind work. I did thought work. Um, I had to figure out why, why did I believe this way about myself to begin with? Why was my relationship with food the way it was to begin with? And where did my beliefs about my body start from? So the idea is that you start, you figure out where you, why you got where you, you are you figure out where you are and sometimes it's it's not very fun I don't like my brain doesn't like seeing stuff like that because it can be kind of painful but once I figured out where where my thoughts came from and why I had this image of myself I was like oh my gosh makes so much sense and then once you do that and you know why you're eating the donut versus not why are you um you know, some hiding in a closet, eating a bunch of candy versus not. Yes. And being kind in that vision of yourself because that's the thing, you, when you you read my book, you leave judgment outside of it. Just yes. be willing to go in there, figure out where you're at, and then you can start to work on each piece. Yeah, And
1: let, let me jump in here. Yeah. So the, the first part of <laughs> mine is pain assessment. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It's like, you have to have a hundred percent honest assessment of where you are. And uh, most people struggle with their fitness journey is because they don't do it honestly. And they, they're, they're coming at it with a place of content. Like it would be nice to get there, but it's like, I'm not that bad. But like I said, when I was standing in the mirror and I saw my chest jiggling, I was like, nope. It's like at that moment, like that, that right there for me was rock bottom, mm-hmm. and so people have to come to grips with what their rock bottom is and don't listen to the noise, right? Because it matters what you feel, it matters mm-hmm. how you want to look, how, how, wh- whatever it is you want, that's what matters. Because okay. then other people will say, Oh, you don't need to do that, you look just the way you are, you're this, you're that, and when, if somebody's telling you that they're unhappy you want to take the steps to get them to where they want to be happy. It's like you, you don't sugarcoat their happiness and that and, and I mean their sadness and I don't think people realize that they do yeah. that. They're like yeah. they think they're helping but they're actually hurting.
2: Yeah once we you know we we are a society that we don't want to we get very uncomfortable when we see someone sad or upset or in, and, and we don't know how to handle that and it's very uncomfortable but if we can't if we can't speak what's going on, and we're ashamed of what our thoughts are, it just festers in there. And I remember I was like that, I actually felt just like this horrible pain in my chest and clenching and tight. And, and, um, you know, that doesn't, doesn't feel good. And, and, um, and so when I learned that I could start speaking, and I could start talking about it, and then all of a sudden, it became a lighter weight and a lighter weight. And I'm like, and I started to to like, oh my gosh, you know, and then, you know, finding those that I could talk with that wouldn't judge me back, um, you know, and, and being um, willing, I think was, I felt like I knew I had to start being myself or I was going to die just a horrible, you know, sad, Life. I mean, I was just going to, you know, forever feel like I was wilting and whatever. And so, but it was just be willing to be a bit vulnerable, be willing to know there's always, there's always someone that's going to be stronger than you physically or mentally, but there's always someone that might need you to be that strong person. We're all different stages and um, uh, not being afraid to start, you know, you'll, or I want to say it that way you're going to be afraid to start. Yeah. But when you do start, you can, you can start what I, you know, when I thought about it, it was like gentle steps. Okay. I'm going to put my toe. I'm going to put my toe in that world, you know, yeah. oh, I'm still alive. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to go a little further. Oh my gosh, I did it. And just a, sometimes it has to be those tiny steps and yeah. we, you know, we can do those, um, 90 day, lose 20 pounds or rebuild your body and somebody's and you're at the gym you're pounding out pounding out pounding out and you're and you've dieted 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 and then then you reach the goal which is what i used to do and then i was like what do i do now i don't i don't know how to live this way i'm exhausted you know so learning i think um the other reason we wrote the book was we wanted to say you know it's it's taking uh it's about the who you become along the journey of, you know, where do you want to go?
1: Yep.
2: It's usually an emotional place, you know, we want to maybe um, lose the weight because we want to feel a certain way. So what is, what is that feeling that you want? You know, it, it's um, what is it that, that, that vision of your body being strong, um, your, your food being a certain way, what is that going to give you? And what kind of lifestyle is that, that that's going to give you? And thinking that deeper step than just, I want to, why do I want a certain pant size? Why do I want um, this? Once you know that deep down reason, you know, and you work. I think that's what you're saying. You got to know the big picture.
1: Yep. See it, feel it, get it.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So can I show, I want to show the cover of my book.
1: Oh, of course.
2: Yeah. So, so this is a good, ex- oh, that's the other thing we thought we were going to have this book written in a year and it took us four. Wow. So, I just want to say that too. You might think that you can change your behavior, your, your diet, your body and 90 days or whatever but it doesn't matter really how long it takes it's just you know learning on that journey learning what what feeds it best and what makes your mind feel best and being willing to take that journey even if it takes longer than you thought and not giving up
1: yes i used to do six week challenges and then like (laughs) i do 30 day challenges and so for this year i actually stopped it because because mm. I find you know people they do the challenge they, they they get after it and then the challenge ends and it's like then they slack off again until the next challenge mm. so uh, so I actually stopped doing it even though a few of them have have asked for it they're like you know the challenges do help I said then challenge yourself <laughs> uh, yeah come 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 Monday pick a goal pick mm-hmm. a duration and get it <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like you don't have to wait for me to to pull your best out of you you know that's
2: interesting I love what you just said because I, I just, something clicked, you know, I was waiting for a note from the doctor to tell me I could take care of myself. Yeah. I was um, you know um, I lost my job. Like, and that was my note. My pink slip was my note that I had the, I had um, the opportunity to change my career. People are looking for you to start the challenge, to have permission to start working on themselves. Yes. You know, and, and that, that just clicked, you know, we, We're kind of waiting. We're waiting. (laughs) Okay, now we can go. The reality is, we can start right this second, right now. Yeah, you know,
1: we don't have to wait. Yep, so true. Like with the business coaching, I had a website made three years ago. (laughs) Three years ago, (laughs) I had I had a whole starting curriculum done three years ago, and I didn't start acting on it until Mm -hmm. COVID hit because yeah. I had a whole lot of extra time now <laughs> so I couldn't be down at the gym. So I was like, you know what? Let like doing the podcast. I had mm-hmm. I bought this microphone well over a year ago. <laughs> you know, well over and actually this, this was the first one I used. Ah, you got to um, save that one. Yeah, like attached onto my phone. But I could I could have done it ages ago and I just didn't. You know, so it's yeah. like we're, we're we're just as human as everyone else, but people come on things like this so, they can learn our mistakes <laughs> so, they oh, don't yeah. to, so they don't have to make them. <laughs> so, and speaking I just, of,
2: yeah, since being a business, I was very similar. You know, I had a, a, a studio. I knew I wanted to go online. I've known I wanted to create an online course. Yeah. I started the online course a couple of years ago, recorded it. I never launched it. Um, I've been wanting to do podcasts and all of that. And it's interesting. And um, it's sort of like the universe did it again. You know, well, I can't, I can't. Work with people at the studio anymore. Yeah. So, okay. I've been through this before. Yeah. I listen much faster now. I I yeah, before. So true. And reinventing okay. ourselves, re- becoming uh, resourceful. How can yes. we, right now, in our businesses, if we've lost a job, whatever it might be, which I, you're I just,
1: speaking to? Yes. Like I just tell people, focus on the day at hand. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, don't, like if, you, if you need to lose 40 pounds or you want to lose 40 pounds, just you got to just take it day by day, yeah. day by day. As long as you crush today. Great. Now let's crush tomorrow. Now. Yeah. All right. If I fell off this day. OK, I fell off. I'm going to crush the next day and yeah. just keep yourself thinking forward. But people go in reverse where they'll get on the scale. They're down two pounds, mm-hmm. but they're so concerned about the 40. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, well, I still got 38. To go. No, it's like, but, but you lost two right? You Mm -hmm. lost two. Let's crush this week. See what the scale gives us. You might gain a pound because you're putting on muscle as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's just a journey, but if you focus on every single day, next thing, you know, six months from now, you're going to be like, holy crap, look at me (laughs) and look at what I can do. (laughs) It's a great
2: example. I like that. I like what I can do. You know, I had, um, so I had the knee injury in 2005, which still is a challenge for me. Um, my brain basically rerouted itself around it, and so yeah. I'm really working very hard to get my brain to communicate with it so it'll fire when I need it to. and I've um, had rehab and some um, other work with another sports doctor and all that, which was so helpful because I was so scared of hurting it again that I wasn't yeah. I wasn't willing to try and do things I used to do and um, and then I got. Achilles tendonitis and both my Achilles at the same time. Wow. So all of a sudden I'm not able to walk. I can't get on my spin bike. I can't, I'm trying to figure out how do I do this? You know, and I was pouting inside. I said, well, you could work on your arms and upper body. Don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want it. I was like, come on, you know? And so anyway, but when I finally, I did so much work to, to, you know, I got help, I I got help with that Achilles tendonitis, but it took me like a year and a half to get rid of it. And then I, I did something different this time is exactly what you just said. I started small. I said, I'm going to just walk on the treadmill and then I'm going to see if I can go a little, maybe run a little bit and then pull back and. Each yep. I just did a little bit more and I get off and I'd stretch, I get back on. And instead of pounding my body, like I used to, like, I can't believe you're weak. I can't believe you can't do this. So I go all out and just pound it. I was, I, I showed up every day and I rebuilt it and I rebuilt it. And I, I thought it doesn't matter how long it takes. And so now I'm out, you know, I've got my fun 30 minute interval. I go out every day now and I, I'm at, you know, and I remember that I started just on the flats, you know, on a track because I was too afraid yep. of hills. And then I thought, okay, maybe I'll, I'll try. I'm just, I'm not going to push it. I want to hurt myself, but I'm going to try. So I'm running up hills. I'm like, you know, but it's been like a year and a half of starting that journey, you yep. know, and I look back, I don't care that it took that long because just that dedication every day of doing something small even.
1: Well, we live in the age now of instant gratification
2: yeah just we got to let that go because if we just do that i hate using the word just i've told myself because just can be a very happy word yes if we if we um show up every day for our body and our mind and we're willing to learn from our body and from our mind what serves us the best and go through that homework and just show up oh, and show up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. I have to have a just jar. I have to put money in there.
1: Every time I get. But i But um, like, I tell people only visit the past. If you're going to bring up a teaching moment. Because one yes. thing, one thing I can't stand is where people tell me all the stuff they used to do, you know, drives me insane. They come in. Oh, well, I used to do this. And I used to do that. And I used to be able to accomplish this. I said, I don't care. <laughs> we got to focus on today. Let's, <laughs> let's take the assessment of what you can do today. And then we'll take the steps to improve on today. Yeah. I, and I would say, yeah, I used to be able to slam dunk front from the foul line. How is that going to help me now at 46 years old, seven surgeries later? Right. It, it, it has no bearing on my life. I used to be a high jump champion. You know what I mean? Doesn't matter. But I can go back and help coach other high jump champions. Mm-hmm. So I, I can go back and use that experience to teach someone else, but you can't, you can't justify where you are now by stuff you did in the past that you can't do now.
2: Yeah. And and then, then also saying, Hey, you know, it's okay. You know, I think because a lot of times we'll look at the past and we'll, we'll like me, I was upset that I couldn't do certain things anymore. And i was upset, you know, and it would, it would put such a weight on my, on me that I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't learn something new that I could do. Yes. And let my body try something else. And, um, you know, and um, so we have to, yeah, say, okay, we're here where we are today. We did the assessment and that's okay. We're here because something happened that changed. And the wonderful part about a a body is it can do amazing things. And, You, you can rebuild it. You can restructure it. It loves to regenerate. It loves to do those things.
1: And- but, sorry, but it's controlled. It's mm-hmm. controlled by a computer system. And a <laughs> computer system is called our brain. Yes. Right? Case in point, I was at mm-hmm. the gym. Uh, I, I don't know if it was yesterday or, or, or the day before, but we were doing chest press. I had little heavier weights than I would normally have out in the circuit. And when the, the women comes over, she just looked at it. And it's like, I'm not going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I said, you don't even try to pick them up yet. <laughs> you know, like if you try to pick them up and it's too much for you, like I'm not going to set you up to get hurt, but you at least have to attempt the task. And then she ended up getting up there. And I was like, oh, look at you go. So yes, I, <laughs> I love
2: you bringing that up because um, um, uh, how we we make assumptions of what it's not able to do. And Mm -hmm. when you, when you signal your muscles to, to go, and you tell them they're strong and and not come at exercise. And that's what I used to do. I used to come to exercise with anxiety and a weak mindset. I I don't think I can do this. And it's so funny when I just said that I could just feel myself feeling like I just Mm -hmm. lost a ton of energy. And you can try this, you know, you can talk mean to your arms or your biceps, they'll tell them they're weak and you'll ask, you know, you physically feel them change, Yep. but you can, you can say, oh my gosh, body, you're strong. You're doing the best you can for me every single day. You carry me every single day and we're going to get strong together. And it's like, you you talk to it like that. It's like, yeah, you know, and, and then you appreciate what it did, even if your mind thinks. That it should be doing better. No, we want to love it right now with what it can do, and it will
1: mm-hmm. it will
2: respond. It will
1: and as a trainer, I'm sure you you know, if you tell one of your clients, all right, give me 10, 10 push-ups, they're gonna go down, they're gonna give you 10 push-ups. But if you grab a stopwatch and you say, Do as many push-ups as you can in 30 seconds, go. Guarantee they're gonna do more than 10. Because <laughs> wh- whatever they get in their head is what they're gonna do. Yeah. So, like, you know, having people do pull-ups like I would say pick a number before you go and they'll be like, five all right eight <laughs> you know and they, and they, they might even get six but they got above five mm-hmm. so it's like because cause if not once you get to four you're going to start slowing down then you're going to struggle on that fifth one but if you say all right I'm going to do eight you might get six or seven but if you say five you're going to st- you're going to stop at five <laughs> it's just yeah. how our how our minds control our body
2: yeah, striving and, and, and having fun testing it out and, and getting those ahas. I, yeah. I, here's a great example. My, the one doctor was helping me with my knee. And I was so afraid to, to jump, um, any kind of jumping. It was just yeah. terrifying. Yeah. He actually put me on just two um, weight plates off the ground. So what is that, You know, maybe this high?
1: Like three, three four inches, give I started crying. Wow. I was so
2: scared to jump that I was gonna hurt myself. My brain was so locked in fear yep and and then anytime he would ask me something that that contradicted that opinion of myself that I could do something, I panicked. I was so set in fear, incredible, and I didn't realize how it had locked me down yeah and so having someone you trust to help push you, and yes, you know you're not gonna it, you're with a professional; they're not going to allow you to get hurt. But working through that mind of how it's put you in a box, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so true. And um, in the book, actually, I talk about that as an exercise because I was so locked in fear. I wanted people that were afraid to work out, afraid to to do something, to really to look at: okay, is it truly something that's going to horribly harm me? you know, or do you think you just need help? Okay. If you just need help, find someone, get an expert, you know, to help you through that, you know, um, start learning, start doing those things and take those little steps to bust through that, you know, Mm -hmm. I would
1: say, find someone that's going through what you want to go through or Mm -hmm. what you're about to go through. When I had my first knee injury, you know, we spoke about this the other yeah. day where my kneecap was like a quarter of the way up up my thigh. And, you know, the surgeon told me like I had never broken a bone or, or anything. That was my first major injury. And mm-hmm. the surgeon told me, you know, don't put any weight on your knee. Just use the walker and use use the crutches. So I didn't put any weight on that side whatsoever. And so I went for my one week checkup and he says, you know, you can start putting weight, putting weight on it now. So all right. So I, I pressed down. I'm like, all right, that doesn't feel bad. I'm like, press down. And I dropped the crutches and started walking. And I was like, I could have walked three or four days ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So with every yeah. other surgery that I had, I did my own assessment. You know, mm-hmm. like when I had sh- I had bicep tendon repair in my shoulder and they told me again, you know, they're like completely immobile for six weeks. I was like, bit. And so I went for my first checkup, and I had full range of motion. And she was like, oh, my God. I said, yes, yeah. because I don't listen to you. <laughs> I was like, I listen to me. I did. I mean, obviously, I'm smart about it, but I find where the threshold is, mm-hmm. and then I, then I work below it. And then yeah. I, a couple of days later, I'll say, can I get further? Oh, I can get there now. And then I work below it until I got all the way up. But, but she did not expect that, because, again, the brain controls everything. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so obviously I'm not going to set myself up to re-injure myself again, but I'm also not going to sit here like this for six weeks. Like it's yeah. just not happening.
2: You know, and our bodies need to move. They they will atrophy. Yep. Um, um. You need the blood flow. Oh, you need to move your body, and um, and whatever that looks like for you. If it, it again, if you haven't been work, exercising for a while, it's okay you just get started and just do a little bit each day and get started and then yep. and and work on that mindset
1: yeah you
2: know just say hey we can do this and um um you know it's funny so last night was halloween right yes. and so i I, <laughs> I decided to dress up as a 1980s you know, um aerobic <laughs> inspector did, did you have bangs back then
1: <laughs> 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 but anyway last
2: night so I went live on my page
1: yeah
2: as this as uh, I came back I, I came forward from the 80s as a as the aerobic instructor and I realized as we're talking I was doing stuff last night that I couldn't have done a year and a half ago because of my tendonitis mm. you know jumping around no nope. my left knee I was still you know it, it was still agitated but <clears throat> it was stuff that I couldn't have done you know, a little while ago. And so I just thought, oh my gosh, that was a fun win because, you know, jumping around like a 1980s aerobic instructor was something I didn't, I couldn't do five years ago, you know, or six years ago or whatever it was. And, but it showed me again that, you know, you make progress and just have a good time learning about yourself and no more flogging and, you know, being mad at, at why you're where you are today, but just say, okay, that's where we are. Yeah,
1: it's like just find what you're good at.
2: That, that,
1: that, that, that's it. Then if that skill starts to go, find something else that you're good at. Mm -hmm. And then if that starts to go, find something else that you're good at. (laughs) And And
2: sometimes you'll get bored, you know, maybe you you fall into something you really love to do. And then one and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I need something different. And that's fine. Go find, you can go find something different, something new to challenge your brain and your body. And, um, and, but be willing, like what I did was I would just stop and I didn't find anything else. So okay. <laughs> you know, be willing to, to go into a new arena of body movement or yeah. the same with food, you know, um, be willing to experiment with food, be willing to see how you feel when you eat certain foods and then listen to what. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause with food, I mean, you know, that's one of the, the main topics of this is, is with food. It's like, people don't understand that you don't have to eat chicken and asparagus to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Like you can, There's so many different ways that you can make really great tasting food. And yeah. I'm sure, sure you, you have ideas. I have a newsletter out that comes out every Sunday. And today's topic was actually about relationship with food, coincidentally. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so there was that. But I give a recipe with that one. And I send out a recipe every Tuesday. And they're not hard to make. They're, they're great tasting meals. But it's, it's honestly, it's a laziness factor. We're going to put it bluntly, you know, it's like the name of the podcast is shut up and grind. (laughs) And I I named it that for a reason, because no matter what it is, there's just so many excuses. Like when people actually just shut up and just do the work, right? The time you're spending complaining, just do the work and you get it done.
2: What I, what I I hit on when you said that was, um, okay, let's think about why nobody wants to go in the kitchen and cook. Okay, I, I try and think of, okay, that's a symptom of something. What's well, the symptom of something we learned that that it's a waste of time to be in the kitchen. It's a waste of time to cook your own food. So that started when all the TV dinners started coming out, um, mm. what, 60s and 70s, because we don't want to, oh, we don't want to slave in the kitchen and. And I'm sure, yeah, moms wanted to get out of the kitchen because they were in there all day long. Yeah. But the reality was we've gone so far in in the aspect that we don't want to cook for ourselves, but we'll sit in front of the TV for an hour and a half doing exactly. nothing yep. because that TV is more important than what we're putting in our bodies and wanting to learn. And you guys, when I say this, I remember being that person. I don't want to spend time in the kitchen. That was viewed as society had dictated that that was not a good place to spend your time. Yeah. Buy this instant food. Buy this can of food. This high sodium soup. Buy this processed box. Your life's gonna be so much better if you do mm-hmm. that. You yes. know, you don't so want to spend can... time in the kitchen.
1: Yeah. So you can get high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes, and beyond beyond medication forever. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And so we have to think about that. We started getting sold this. We got. We have been sold this. Um, This uh mindset that it's a waste of time. So I sure as heck didn't want to go in the kitchen. I I wanted my career, I wanted to do other things, and that was the last place I wanted to go. Now I'm like, my husband and I were like, we're we make food together, we do all this stuff, and not that we're perfect. I still like my treats sometimes or whatever, but but I've learned how to cook very simple meals and um batch cook one day and freeze a bunch of stuff Um, and but there's something really neat to know that I know what is exactly in that soup I know exactly what's on my plate and I made the choice I didn't buy something out of a box that I has preservatives or food colorings and all of that which finally my brain realizes I feel horrible oh I feel so awful when I eat it I just didn't know that was I just never paid attention so like you said just you know oh i gotta put more money in the just jar so uh <laughs> but when we when we realize that you know the hour and a half to five hours spent on tv you know what um it's stealing our lives we're watching other people live the lives that we want to live we're watching other people do it why we need to be up doing our and living our life. And that's, gosh, yes. learning how to feed and fuel our mind and our body so that it does what we need it to do while we're on this planet. You know? Yes.
1: Yeah. And I try to preach to people about owning the morning, like mm-hmm. the get up early, especially if you have kids get up before the kids get up and be like, Oh, well, I'm not a morning person. Like I wasn't either. I used to work second shift and third shift. And then Mm -hmm. once I shifted to mornings, I mean, yeah, it was, it was an adjustment, but it's like anything else. Mm -hmm. Like, like if I had to work third shift now, I'd have to adjust and I'd get myself to where I can do it. But when you wake up when no one else is up, you know, you're fresh, you got a clear Mm -hmm. mind and you can knock so many things off the to-do list before the sun even comes up. Yep. Then you can sit down and you can watch your Netflix binge for whatever. You know what I mean, but it's yeah. like that's what it boils down to. But people wait; they want to sleep to the last possible second, and then you go outside, and your car is frozen shut, like it was yesterday. <laughs> you know, your car is frozen <laughs> shut, and now you're behind the eight ball. Then you look, oh crap! I didn't put gas in the car. Now you're even later, and it's just a vicious cycle. But you when you get up in the morning,
2: or you don't yes. have any food with you to have yep. um, for your snack when you get to the office or wherever yep. you're going, and, and then that's you-
1: how you end up at Dunkin'. Yep. So yeah. true.
2: It's, it's interesting. And I, I, I tell you, I did not want to make that journey. I didn't, when, when I started this, I didn't want to have to do it. Yes. And I, I didn't, I think I should have just, you know, all that work I put in years ago should have just stuck, you know, and, and why, when I meet, why, when I met a weight goal, didn't just stick, you know, I was just like that. It's just, you know, I, my <laughs> sister and I have a garden plot now and the one, and, and I, the reason I did it with her was I hated weeding. I hated weeding. I thought if I pull that weed, it should just never come back. (laughs) So I thought I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to go to this garden. I'm going to learn how to do this and not despise the weeds. And so, you know, I'll go there now and, and I don't mind them as much. I know it's part of growing my food. I know it's part of life. There's weeds, there's weeds, there's weeds. And, and, and so, um, I'm more, I'm more flexible with myself. I know that um, if I eat a certain way, I will feel a certain way. And I've, I've let go of the foods that don't serve me. I, I embrace them for what they gave me in the past for what it was I needed from them. But I, I knew now I know now what that relationship was. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that when I eat certain foods that that I'm gonna have to pull more weeds.
1: Now, now, now look, look at it. Let's look at this another way. I'm gonna share something with you that, that one of my mentors shared with us. He actually said, be the weed. Oh. He said, be the weed. He says, "Cause no matter what you do, you cannot stop them. So if you are as determined, right? If you are as determined as a weed, you will be successful in whatever your quest is.
2: Keep coming back. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Okay, he's- when I garden now, I'm going to look at it totally differently. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, he's like, he's like, you know, you get a crack in your driveway, and then all of a sudden, a weed pops up out of it. It's been lying there waiting for years for its opportunity to pop through. Yeah, <laughs> so It's a way yes, to take something know? annoying and make it into a life lesson.
2: That's a good one. And that's so true mm-hmm. with nature and plants and all of that they just they will flourish they keep coming back and yep. <laughs> and and you water them or whatever that's it's that's like your body so true. Uh, all
1: right so we only have a couple, couple minutes left so what are some of the major takeaways that people can get from your book
2: oh goodness so um well, the, the main thing about it is that you are going to assess where you are today. The very first part is all assessment questions. The other great part was we wanted to make sure it was um, personalized. So the first three chapters you're going to read in order, but we wanted you to be able to read the rest of chapters in the order that makes sense to you based okay. on the assessment. So if you have a certain score, you may need to read chapter eight. Next, and then maybe five and then seven. And and we like wanted to make it very personal. Um, so the idea is that you're going to figure out where your current relationship of food and with yourself came from. And then that gives you the power and the, the wherewithal to then discover where you need to go, <clears throat> where your journey should go next and how to walk that journey. Okay. So that was the main thing we wanted it to be very personal. Um, Get down again to the reasons and the sources of where you are today, and then you can make, um, you won't be doing the fledgling, um, you won't feel like going future and trying things is without um, purpose. Yes. Not just blindly going, but you're going to be like, "Oh wow, this makes so much sense now. Now I know why I feel this way. Now I know why I get anxiety after I eat cake. You know, if there's something in it that makes me feel sick. You know, that's one thing for me. If I eat too much sugar, I just my heart rate goes up, my stomach hurts, and I used to think that was anxiety. So it's assessing the whole body. And so that's the goal um, of the book is to get you settled and ready to go.
1: Hold it up again. What's up? That, that how yep hold up and and how can people get it?
2: So you can get it on Amazon. It's on uh, Amazon. in the form of an ebook and print right now. So you can go and get it on Amazon now. The other wonderful part about the book is there's actually a website link in here for you to go ahead and you you can um, go into a an online course platform that's free, okay. and you can download all the worksheets. So if you want to go through the book again, the idea is this might be a book you want to reassess because Things change, and as you progress, you want to reassess and redo. So you can um, download those handouts. There's extra handouts in there, and um, I plan to keep putting additional information in there for the readers. So, yes, so that's the other benefit of the book was nice. um, having a little bit extra help and coaching. And there's going to be through there. Also, you can go on to the reader only um, Facebook page for support. So,
1: all right, perfect. All right. You can find it on Amazon. So anyone struggling with food, sounds like she's got work worksheets and the advice for you and it's personalized. So go ahead and grab that. So want to thank you for coming on. Thanks
2: for having me. This is a very
1: good, good conversation. We had a steady stream of uh, listeners on the live. So that's great. Thank you guys all for tuning in and, um, give you the last word. You know what?
2: start today, you know, just, just, just be willing to, to take the journey, get started. Um, you know, you can do this. I know you can. So get started.
1: Yes, they can shut up and grind people. This is up foster <laughs> with Tracy Cromwell signing off. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Have a great day. <laughs> have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
0: You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind.